Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, if your bad habits led you to us, we're really, really grateful on this Tuesday. This Amen. short four-day work week. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to The Morning Beat. We're glad you're here. Michaela, how was your holiday weekend? Honey, I feel like I don't remember it. The three-day holidays make me feel like I've been on holiday for two weeks. <laughs> like, I came in this morning and I was like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I think Friday, I had therapy after work. Mm-hmm. Saturday, went, went to a chiropractor on Saturday. Who are you? I've never been. Wait, what? Honey, they put these we should do a red lamps should... on me. They massaged me. They put on this oil that made it warm. They cracked me. I mean, I was like an athlete. I belong in that. I belong in the Los Angeles. Well, I know race, how important so. appointments are to you, so I know that you I like taking appointments. appointments. <laughs> it doesn't matter what kind of appointment. If you call it an appointment, it's important. Um, but I think we should do a segment called Michaela Does or Mike Michaela Tries because the the amount of things that you now do as an adult that normal humans have been doing for. <laughs> eternity i've been to chiropractors for 20 years okay but and you're i didn't 34, think it was like a thing your first one but do people regularly go yeah. to chiropractors get adjustments mm-hmm. really have you ever heard of the place called the joint yeah lisa goes to the joint yeah it's, it's like a fast lisa it's like regularly a, goes to get uh she goes to those appointments oh because she's like my age well, we're older than you. It's not even an age thing. Like people like to go. Yeah. But I don't like the cracking of my neck. It freaks me out. Oh, it's terrifying. You feel like your head might break off every time, a but then percent. afterwards you feel amazing. I felt like I was high. You feel high. You feel euphoric. You feel like this like this this dopamine rush or something. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. My partner always teases me because every single night when I lie down, I usually sleep on my stomach or my side. And I crack my back before I go to bed, and everything just cracks. And he goes, oh, there he goes. He's going to be asleep in two minutes. As soon as I crack my back, that means it's time to go to sleep. Oh, my God. It feels <laughs> so good. It really does. Well, you should do You should do a cartwheel later. Just show me when we I will. I'm flexible. Perfect. Awesome. We have a great show coming up for you today. Could your favorite dog breed become extinct due to new regulations on breeding? We're joined by Doc Halligan. Uh, also, we're going to be talking to a 17-year-old fighting to make Black History Month uh, 12 months a year, essentially. She's doing some really cool stuff. She's actually calling in from her high school. Yeah, excuse me, fifth period. I'm on my way to be on a national morning now, show. She, I love it. Icon. Uh, I could not have done that in high school. That no. would not have flown oh, at Salina Senior High School. Uh, right now, <laughs> though, it's time for news on the beat. What do you have for us? All right, babe. Well, a new amendment to Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill would require schools to inform parents of their children's sexual orientation within six weeks of learning the student isn't straight. Parents would be able to take legal action against school districts they believe have violated the measure. 
the original version of the legislation required schools to inform families of their child's LGBTQ plus status, but gave an option for exemption for the outing in cases where educators feared it could lead to abuse, neglect, or abandonment. The amendment offers no such exception. It instructs school leaders to develop a plan using all available governmental resources to inform parents about their children's sexual orientation through an open dialogue in a safe, supportive, and judgment-free environment that respects the parent-child relationship and protects the mental, emotional, and physical well-being of the student. The full bill, which has the support of Governor Ron DeSantis, is set to face a vote in the Florida House this week. You know how disgusting this that is? This is the most absurd thing I've ever heard. And honestly, if this passes... I feel very scared for the state of Florida and what's to come for the future this of is, the United States. This is Nazi Germany. Yes. Like, there's no, I don't I don't care what the argument might be. If a single log cabin Republican backs this bill, you're, like, ban them. Ban them. I don't from, care what I, you believe so in. It's so disgusting to me to, to out them to their parents. Yep. Within six weeks. A thousand percent. You know how damaging that is? Yeah. It's awful. No awful. way. Awful. Speak right. up, do something. Let's get into some weather. A high of 61 in New York. I hear you. 57 in LA, 59 in Vegas, 66 in Palm Springs, and 79 in Houston. Now give us a vibe of the day, please. Happiness is found in doing, not merely possessing. I'm not happy right now. I'm sorry. I, 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 I saw that story last night, but it just to hear it out loud again just infuriates me. Absolutely. All right. Well, coming up, imagine dying with millions of dollars in your bank, but not leaving it for your children to inherit. What would you do if this was your mother? We're having that conversation coming up in seven minutes. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. I'd like you to close your eyes, Michaela, and imagine for just a moment what it would be like to have rich parents. I'm talking rich. Oh, Inheritance. What's it called when kids are, uh, oh, trust funds? Trust fund babies. Yeah, fancy kids. Mm-hmm. Fancy kids. What would that be like? Listen, I kind of grew up messed up because... <laughs> you and me both, honey. My side was super, super poor. But do you know how you have like second and third cousins? You have like a whole nother family with the same last name. Mm-hmm. Well, my family created Z Cavaricci jeans. <laughs> Oh, I know. So one side of my family, the like special side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rich. The very Italian side. The very Italian side is rich. They grew up in Laguna Beach. They have money. Okay, well, my stupid side grew up in Vegas, baroque. Yeah. So imagine every once in a while going to some wedding or Italian American festival and the rich ones show up the and the poor Cavaricci show mm. up and it is so obvious and I remember one story and then we can get to the real story. My uncle when I was like six gave me a hundred dollar bill and I was like I'm legit the richest person I've ever met in my that life. Is, that was a moment in your life that has probably stuck with you because you still think $100 makes you rich. And I think I like made it hit in my head that that was a lot. And then my mom was like, I'm going to put it away for you. And I was like, no, I'm going to get that animal that I wanted from mm. the Sanrio store for $100. Love it. And she said no. Well, two things. One, my mom wore Z Cavaricis and they were fierce on her when Ugh. I was a child. Number two, our family has like the St. Mary's Mallory's and the Salina Mallory's. And so there's a little bit of a divide there. They're not really related, but kind of. Right. And one of them are kind of like classier-ish and the other ones really aren't. <laughs> but no, none of them are rich. Uh, but this story has the internet divided as a woman has stated that she uh, she has a lot of money, 
but she's not going to leave her husband's children any money. Now, she's in her second marriage, so this is a little bit different, but her husband has three grown children um, while she has a stepson, Thomas, uh, who she helped raise, and she saw him as her own son. Now, the pair signed a prenup before they tied the knot, and at Jack's request, the husband, following the experiences with his first wife, uh, which kept their assets separate. Okay, so he chose for this. He chose for the prenup. And everything would, uh, finances would be separate, and they'd contribute to a joint account for household expenses, which they split 50 okay. 50. Uh, they did their wills at the time. Jack left everything to his children. And I, this woman is saying, I left mine to Thomas. Uh, we were both aware of what the other had done, and we were fine with it. That arrangement was great uh, for both of them, for the adults. But everything changed when Jack lost the family business about four years ago. So the husband goes, you know, loses all of his money. It was handed down to his grandfather, to his father, and then on to him, and he planned on leaving it to his own kids. He loses just about everything, completely devastated. Their their standard of living, uh, not a whole lot changed, except for now this woman paid for 100% of everything. So they maintain their lifestyle, Okay. right? She says, I love him, I'm fine with it. But after a recent health scare and the change in Jack's fortunes, she decided to review her will as if she passed away. Her husband would be left with nothing to live on as everything is going to Thomas. Okay, so she changes that. Well, that makes the entire family upset. Um, uh, her, her plan put a third of her assets into a trust for Thomas's children um, and a third to Thomas directly in a tr- trust for Jack. Now, apparently, her husband was outraged that his children weren't getting a single thing. Um, and he said, why are his kids getting nothing and Thomas everything? I should say that by the time we got together, Jack's children were fully, his children fully grown. So her husband's kids were fully grown and they got together. This other child she raised as if she was her own, the young one. But the older kids, she's leaving nothing. And the internet is backing this woman. Do you think that the man and his kids d- deserve? Because they went into this thing 50-50. They split their assets. They had a prenup, right? His business goes under. Hers, her her finances are fine. She's paying for everything. Mm-hmm. But if she were to die, his grown kids get nothing. Why would they get anything? Well, I mean, look, it's important to say that stepchildren do not have inheritance rights unless you have legally adopted them. Right. So legally, she's not doing anything wrong. They're not owed anything. If they're grown children... Uh, when she met them, mm-hmm. oftentimes I'll speak just for myself. I'm not close with my stepmom at all. I don't really like her. So it would be weird if she left me any money because we don't have that relationship at all. My stepmom leave... doesn't have any money. But I, I, yeah. I mean, neither does mine. I'm just saying like the relationship between a stepmother or stepfather and the, the husband or wife's children can also be rocky. Yes. But I feel like. Do you think that like, do you think that if your parents were really wealthy, because some we've talked about this with some celebrity parents, if your parents were really wealthy and you found out that they did their will and you got a great relationship with them and they said, we're not leaving you a penny, we're giving a hundred million dollars to charity. How would you feel about that? I mean, we've had this conversation before, and I think that the fact of the matter is money makes the world go round. Money is the ultimate freedom. And Mm. if you can give it to your children to help them have a leg up in the world, take care of the children that you brought into this world. I think it's very wonderful that you want to give money to charity. Yeah. But you and your husband brought these kids into the world, or for my parents, you know, it it makes such a difference. There's a lot of privilege in being able to say, like, I don't want to give my kid my $100 million. Totally. When when, when a lot 
of minorities in this country are really fighting hard to have some sort of generational wealth to pass on. And I think that, honestly, we talk about this. We're at a 7% inflation. Yep. It's absolutely ridiculous to be able to buy a home right now. Mm. We got a raise that was actually a pay cut. Like, yeah. let's really talk about <laughs> it. That's no Tino shape, yes. but like, I can't get a house. And so if there's yeah. an extra 100000 that people want to give now, look, maybe your stepchildren are grown. Would it be helpful to them? She's going to die anyway. The money's just going to be there. Give them, a, give them some money. Maybe cut them off a slice. Yeah. Just a little bit. And if you don't, you're not obligated. They're grown people. But I feel like when you have the money, I think that you can be gener- or, generous. Or here's another thought. How about us? Give it to us. Oh, my God. Give it to us. The we three totally of us in this room it. would split it gladly. Oh, we would be so happy. Absolutely. No problems at all. That's it. That's all. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. All right, so this is really fascinating to me. Uh, there's this article uh, on Mike.com, or we could just pronounce it Mick, M-I-C, because okay. it's like Michaela. Yeah. Uh, and here's the headline. <laughs> Queer people have mastered sexual friendships, and it's time you straights caught on. Uh, this is a conversation I've had in my friend groups many times, uh, this idea of having friends that are same sex that you just sexually have encounters with, and then... You don't think twice about it. You're just friends, and that's it. There's no connections. There's no whatever. Our producer, Vanessa, who is straight, by the way, and has a boyfriend, thinks that that is insane, right? You think, Vanessa, you think it's not real. Get get up here on this mic. You I know. She's back. chill it. She's she like, I have so nothing hard. to say. She lets us know off air how she feels, and then she gets yeah. far away from and the mic. And she's like, zero so words. So you don't think this is like legit, right? I don't think this is legit with the queer community. Do you think this is, do you think you're- I the, think some people are open to it, but I don't think it's like, oh yeah. And do you I'm think that you think everyone. that because you're a, a cis straight woman, because you're Colombian, because you're like, what do you think? What do you think influences how you view this article? Because I'm curious to know before we like, mm-hmm. dive in. Oh, as the straight person. As, <laughs> as a kidding. straight person. No, no, it's okay. Yeah, it's just because I'm surrounded by queer people and I just hear their stories. And if they're in a relationship, some of them are not down with open relationships. Some, some are. That's that's why I don't think it's like a straightforward thing. And I do know that some straight people would be down with this, but not everyone. So I just think this is a human thing. I don't think this is a uh, label thing. She should be a third okay. host. Who's this one? Well, first of all, she's an icon and so belongs good. on that mic. I think the conversation, although I agree with you, gears more towards people in the community, single, who are having sex with their friends. And I will say, based off a lot of my friendships that are single... They will like get drunk and they will start hooking up. Very real. And they will wake up the next day and be like, hey, bye. Literally, I just did a big show um, last weekend for a girl party and these two best friends were hooking up. I assume they like went home and hooked up, but it's very normal for them. For me, I could never. Never. Ever hook no up way. with my friend. Okay, so okay, you're influenced all okay, so you work with us on a daily basis and we're both in relationships. So I think it's a little bit different. But even when I was single, I could not be this way. Absolutely I'm not. I'm just not wired. And this this author of this article says, I'm just gonna say it. Queer people are better at navigating sexual gray areas. Mm-hmm. I think that might be kind of accurate, actually. I think that on the whole, queer people are a little bit more open to just that that little fling and then there's no personal attachment. However, I don't believe that if you dug deeper that cuz here's my thing. I'm all for sexual freedom and sexual expression expression and exploring and, and doing those sorts of things. One night stands great as long as you're a healthy, well-balanced 
mature individual who is making those choices because you actually have uh, the full capability to make the choices that are best for your life. And I say that because I spent a lot of years where I was not that person. And I don't know that I'm necessarily that person now, but through lots of therapy and lots of life experiences, I know myself better. I think a lot of times people go in and whether you're queer or not, to be fair, they think sex is a way to feel connected to somebody, and then they feel worse after because of the lack of connection. But I don't even think it's that deep. I mean, think about it. I think when girlfriends, heterosexual women- You think people just women, get it in and that's it? No, I think heterosexual women are straight, for the most part, so mm. they're not gonna hook up with their girlfriends. Straight men are not gonna hook up with their straight best friends. We like the same sex that we're friends yeah. to. So when I'm with other lesbians, mm-hmm. we're already into women. Well, that's the when gray area she's talking with, about. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like. It does make sense that queer people would do that because I have friends uh, that just are like, I love women, but I would never want to be with a woman. Mm. It's just not for me. And they'll get wasted and hang out with their girlfriends. And that's it. Like, there's no, they don't want to cross the boundary. Well, it's interesting because like what we're learning now in this sort of like new sort of uh, woke culture, some of the good things that we are learning is that sex does not have to be a defining relation, like defining factor in a relationship. It just doesn't. And we've been taught that it is. But if you've been in a relationship for any amount of time, the joke is like, oh, we had sex for the month. So next month, can't wait. Looking forward to it. And my partner hates when I say that because sometimes it is weeks. Sometimes we have multiple times in one week, but then we go weeks and weeks. You hear about it. By week two or three, if I'm not getting some, I'm telling Michaela, Mm -hmm. I'm like, listen, I'm about to go crazy. But also, I think one of the cool things about being a queer person is that we have been, when we didn't have the option to get married until, what, six years ago or so, I think what that did, as harmful as that was, it freed us up to redefine what relationships and sexual encounters mean to us. It's different. There, There was no sort of like, it's good and bad in some ways, but there was no sort of like end game. There was no like marriage to work towards. Because a lot of straight people, I've always said this, a lot of straight people, if marriage was not on the table and if they were not able to get married or, or they didn't have to be loyal to their partner because of marriage, a lot of straight people, men in particular, would not be loyal. I think yeah. that the, the constraints of marriage make people like it keeps them in line. And we didn't have that, which is kind of a good thing. I honestly think that marriage doesn't even matter anymore. People will cheat when they want to cheat. Listen, and I'm planning my wedding. You picked out your no, wedding no, no. dress this weekend. I know. I love you. Okay. No, but let I'm... me rephrase. Not wedding dress. Groom's right. woman dress. You know, You're not right. going to be married, married at my wedding. Yeah. I mean, look, I think that in the queer world, we hook up because it's easier because we get drunk or whatever. We're already attracted to each other. I think that's where it gets riskier because you have then a chance to catch feelings because you could be attracted or into that person. I feel like it's just a slippery slope. I wouldn't do it. I would not hook up with my friends. I wouldn't open the relationship because as much as we're in 2022 of normalizing uh, polygamy, me and 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 like all of the polyamory and all the different type yeah there are still very much people that are like i'm not fluid well this I, is- I am straight and also i do enjoy uh being with one person only yep. i'm a very much monogamous man i think this author really hit the nail on the head they said when we let go of the idea that friendships are inferior to romantic and monogamous relationships we can start to expand the possibilities of what we want our friendships to look like sometimes that can involve sex. No, I just want you to be my friend, honey. That's it. Stop trying to sleep with me. I don't want to. 
show. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. This first What's Poppin' has me jumping for joy. Michaela, what do you got? All right, well, this is big news. Britney Spears has sealed a bombshell book deal said to be worth as much as $15 million. Now, Publishing Insider said Britney, who's 40 years old now, has reached a landmark. Um, and it's looking really good for our queen. We know that it did not look so good for her sister, Jamie Lynn Spears, when she put out her book this year. She's actually been like radio silent on social media. But people want to hear... What our girl has to say, um, and it's going to be her tell-all memoir, a memoir about her career and her toxic life and her family. The deal comes after a bidding war from multiple publishers over her book. According to one insider who claimed the deal is one of the biggest of all time behind the Obamas. Now, uh, Spears has been gunning to pen a memoir after she was left fuming over the claims made in her younger sister Jamie Lynn's scathing tome, Things I Should Have Said. But look, I feel like this is right. I think we all knew that the book deal was going to come sooner than later. What will be said in the book? Who knows? But first of all, I'm happy to know that this $15 million is going only to Britney and not to her father or to her family. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that this $15 million is also providing an, uh, an opportunity for her to tell her truth. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you what, I mean, we were like literally laughing about this, but I'm deep in therapy right now. And the the dysfunction that you have with your family, my mother is an extreme narcissist, and I told my therapist, I was like, I'm a narcissist. If my mother is, I am. That was a session we had on Friday, and it got, like, psychotic. And I think that everybody who goes to therapy and talks about their family uh, comes to these really dark places before you get to your lighter places, and uh, I think this is going to give her a chance to tell her side of the story. I can't wait. I wrote my book in 2018. I did That's not get right. a $15 million deal. I'm nowhere on this top 10 list so uh, with the good. Obamas and Britney Spears, but uh, it's I, I recommend it to everybody 
<laughs> whether you get published or you self-publish or you just write a really, really long letter to people, it was hard. Because well, I wrote about family and it's not easy for them. Uh, first of all, I give you so much credit because in making the album, I'm talking about my parents and my family life. It's terrifying. Yeah. And your book was gorgeous. And Thank I love you. it. Flipping the script, it actually now is a line in the last song that I wrote. Lisa called it out yesterday. She was like, AJ. Um, but... It's just so much, it takes so much courage to write your story. And they say, like, if you literally write out your feelings, your emotions, it does take some of that power away. Oh, a thousand percent does. It, it's interesting because I think, and it's it's weird to think that Britney Spears is 40, but I'm 41 I, and she's my age, so it I makes know. sense. But I hope, if she wants to, if she wants to perform again, I hope this brings her to a different level of just her career. I hope that she puts out the music she wants to, portrays herself the way she wants to, and I don't care what it is, I'm going to support it. I'm going to read this book. I'm going to buy it for everyone I know. I can't wait. I can't wait. I don't get excited. I mean, I love books, but I don't get that excited very often. I want to hear everything. I want to hear everything she has to say. And honestly, if I were her family, I would be bracing Terrified. for the gods. Justin Timberlake, Kevin Federline, Wade. All of them. Um, the choreographer, Wade. Wade Robson. Yes. The only one who doesn't have to worry is probably the guy, Jason Alexander, who she married for like 55 hours. He's probably in the clear. Maybe. But I want to hear that story, I too. I want to hear everything. They they were not good to her, and so... I, I want to hear how she really it. feels about Christina Aguilera. <laughs> I, you know what I will say about Christina, though? I did feel like she got uh, wrongfully dragged, because oh, yeah. Christina did talk in defense of her, yep. and Britney saw, like, the wrong clip and dragged her. Yeah. And uh, But look, she's hurt. She's like, hasn't seen a TV in 15 years, so to see Christina on TV for the first time not defending her... Remember the show, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Yeah. Where she lived in a bunker underground for all those years and came yes. up and that's Britney Spears. It really She's like coming is. back into the real world and realizing like things have changed. Totally. Time to tell, tell your story. Totally. All right, coming up, we are still honoring Black History Month and we are joined with a high school student in Florida making sure that black history doesn't get shut out of schools like the Don't Say Gay Bill coming up next. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Coming up in about 13 minutes here on The Morning Beat, we're going to be joined by a high school student who is fighting back in the state of Florida. She's calling us uh, from school. She's actually a, a, a senior in high school right now. <laughs> How on earth are teachers are like, yeah, you Iconic. can just skip, what is it, probably fifth period, Michaela said? What time is it? Uh-huh. It, may, it might be a little early. We're going to be fourth period, but it is the East Coast, so it's about 10 o'clock or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's going to be calling in to the morning beat in just a little bit. And she's doing some really cool things and also has a business that you can support. Uh, so stick around for that in just a little bit. But right now it's time for news on the beat. What's going on? All right, babe. Well, ACLU of Missouri filed a lawsuit today for parents of two Wentzville School District students to prevent the removal of books about LGBTQ people, people of color and other marginalized groups. It comes after the school district removed eight books from the student's school library. The group says in the lawsuit that the First Amendment rights of the students were violated by suppressing the ideas and viewpoints expressed in the books. In November, St. Louis Public Radio found that two-thirds of attempts to remove books had been from authors of color or authors who are LGBTQ+. School boards cannot ban books because the books and their characters illustrate viewpoints different of those of school board, especially when they target books presenting the viewpoints of race and sexual minorities, as they have done in Wentzville. Anthony Rother, Director of Integrated Advocacy of ACLU of Missouri, said the school district told St. Louis Public Radio that it knew of the lawsuit but would not comment on it. 
All right, another news. Health officials are keeping a sharp eye on the COVID-19 Omicron subvariant BA2, which appears to be more contagious than the current BA1 strain, but its health impacts are still unclear. A new World Health Organization study reported that even as COVID-19 cases are falling, BA2 accounted for 21.5% of all new Omicron cases analyzed worldwide in the first week of February. Omicron cases accounted for more than 98% of sequenced samples around the globe the previous 30 days. BA2 accounted for the majority of cases a week ago in 10 countries, including Denmark, India, China, Guam, and the Philippines. But the subvariant's health impacts are still unknown. In some countries where BA2 is spreading, hospitalizations are still decreasing. All right, let's get into a little weather. It's going to be a high of 66 in Palm Springs, a high of 59 in Vegas, 59 in Los Angeles, a high of 66 in La Quinta, and 66 in Cathedral City. Now give us a vibe of the day, please. 59 in LA. It was 88 like a week ago. What's that? Who knows? Right, here goes. Happiness is the is found in doing not merely possessing. You got to live your life to be happy. Don't just accumulate things. Yeah. What are you going to do with that when you die? Eh. Nothing. All right, coming up, we are still honoring Black History Month, and we are joined with a high school student in Florida making sure that Black History Month does not get shut out of schools like the Don't Say Gay Bill. We're having that conversation in seven minutes. Channel Q. As we continue honoring Black History Month, uh, as we near the end of it, um, one student in particular in the state of Florida wants to make sure that this is something that we're talking about 365 days a year. Uh, she's 17 years old. She has started her own clothing line. Uh, she's the owner of Slay It Proud. Uh, please welcome, or Say It Proud. Oh my God, we're so gay here. I said Slay It Proud. Did I really just say that out loud? It's okay. We want her to Slay, slay It Proud. Anyway. Her name is Janiah Hines. Janiah, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Thank you, Janiah. I'm good. How about you? And it is Slay It Proud. Oh, it is Slay Okay, good. Because we have two things here in our in our rundown. It says Slay It Proud, and then it says Say It Proud somewhere else. So it is actually Slay It Proud. Yes. That's a, listen, that's a way better title, honey. I love it. Um, <laughs> I, I love this story about you in the Huffington Post. Our producer brought it to us, and, and you're 17 years old, and, and your story, you're very open and transparent about sort of your journey. Uh, you said you wanted to go into politics, then you wanted to be a civil rights attorney, and now you've settled on uh, a black history professor. How did you get to that, and how did you get there at age 17? <laughs> um, well, for me, I think I definitely wanted to be a person who could advocate for others, and that's kind of how I settled on um, civil rights lawyer at first. But then I think through my business, I kind of got to discover what my passions are more. And um, I settled on Black History Professor because I really like and enjoy teaching others. Mm. Janiah, I think it's incredible that you've started your own business, that you're 17 years old, and that this is a cause that is so important to you. I know that for most of our listeners at 17, we were just trying to get through the normal insecurities with the white privilege of it all. Being a black woman now going to predominantly white school in Florida after really growing up in Kansas and Tennessee and being able to go to private schools with uh, a, a lot of people that looked like you. How did that inspire you creating your business? Yes, I think um, definitely seeing that some people like comments that people would make um, that I could see like they were ignorant in some of the ways um, and that 
seeing that we didn't have any, we didn't do anything for Black History Month or really even talk about Black History, I think it really um, made me want to teach um, history to others, seeing that it's something I don't see in school at all. So I really wanted to make sure that if I could um, do my part in any way to teach others Black history, that I wanted to um, do that. Mm, if you're just on joining us, we're speaking with Janaya Hines, uh, the owner and founder of uh, Slay It Forward, a clothing line. We're going to tell you how you can support that in just a moment. But Janaya, you're very open uh, in this Huffington Post article about how your mental health really took a toll during the pandemic. And I think there's there's nothing more relatable than that. We've all kind of been through it the last couple of years. You know, as a 17-year-old, to be confident enough to talk about those things publicly I got to wonder, like, where do you draw your inspiration from? We've seen these conversations come up in recent years. We look at Simone Biles at the Olympics last summer or Naomi Osaka, who is the best tennis player in the world, who's saying, listen, I need a break. It's too much for me. Uh, do you, who do you look to for inspiration as a young woman? Um, I think I would just say um, recently I've just seen so many people, like you said, um, Simone Biles, Naomi Osaka, just – talking about mental health and I feel mental health has become something people are um, more willing to talk about. I mean, some people still um, have a hard time with it, but I see more people starting to be more transparent about it. And I just think it's so inspirational. Um, And I, I knew that during the time when um, my mental health was suffering, I really wanted to um, grow. Um, And so during that time, Uh, When my parents recommended I go get counseling, it was really a time of growth. So I think just seeing that people are more transparent about it um, and are more willing to talk about it. I know Ariana Grande even um, talks about, you know, I went to my therapist and just seeing all those people um, who are just so transparent and willing to talk about it. I think it's just inspiring. And that's who I draw my inspiration from. Janaya, you're so inspiring, and I think that right now it's so important that you speak your truth as we're watching a lot is happening in Florida, even with the don't say gay bill in regards to our LGBTQ youth. I think it's important to watch over and educate our black youth, our black LGBTQ youth, our black trans youth, and what message would you like to give and do the bills that could be possibly be moving forward make you want to push even harder? How do they inspire you? Yeah, I definitely think um, seeing bills that take away um, basic human rights or like I know there's bills that people propose even to take, you know, black history out of school. So just seeing all these bills um, that I feel are discriminatory, I, I really think it does inspire me to push harder because I think through education we can gain power and strength and inspiration so I definitely want to keep pushing to educate others um, so that we can all gain strength and continue to fight because it just seems like you know we'll have to keep fighting well, you to build make, a better society. Oh, absolutely. You make such great points because here's the thing. Like this word intersectionality, we've, we've been talking about a lot more in recent years. It's not a word I ever he- heard growing up. We didn't talk about it. It was always like Gay rights were one thing. Lesbian rights were a different thing. Black rights were a different thing. And they were all separated. And I think that's sort of like what the oppressors always want. They want us to all be divided. And we all kind of retreat and fight for our own little rights. Uh, You know, but our rights and your rights and their rights and somebody else's rights, they're all intertwined. 
Uh, so if, you, if you're not willing to fight for every single human being on the planet, you shouldn't fight. You're not fighting for anyone, to be honest. And what you're doing uh, with your organization, with your with your clothing line, is so incredible. Michaela, I know you're into it. How can our listeners get into this? How can they support your, your slay, uh, slay It Forward? Yes. Um, so um, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Slay It Proud. And you can also um, go to my website to learn more about me at SlayItProud.com. Listen, I've gotten the title of I've gotten your clothing wrong twice now. Your clothing, it's Slay It Proud. <laughs> slay It Proud. Slay It Proud. Go support. You're so awesome. Janiah, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for the difference that you're making. Our youth needs it more than ever. And you're so brave. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. All right, coming up, one woman might be losing her internet battle after users are saying being passive aggressive is even worse than being confrontational and just feels plain avoidant. Do you agree? We'll have that conversation in seven minutes. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Good morning, B. Channel Q. What's the most passive-aggressive thing you've done uh, in a relationship? This one mother is being praised for refusing to make her husband's side of the bed, buy him food, or do his washing because he didn't put her clothes away after doing the laundry. But she's warned, passive-aggressiveness will ruin a relationship. Okay, so my partner, for the longest time, I'm almost 10 years older. When I was his age, I was messy. Now that I'm older, I'm more of a neat freak. I'm not a neat freak, but I definitely do like deep cleaning. Yeah. He doesn't understand it. If you look at his if you look at his nightstand and you look at mine, well, you couldn't look at his because you can't find it. There's stuff everywhere. Mine's clean and tidy. His has it's a disaster. It's just a pile of all these things. It's like a junk drawer, but it's on the outside of his nightstand, right? So for years, my mom would always say to me, Honey, if you want him to start doing things, don't do everything for him. And I'm like, okay, I get that in theory. That's kind of cool. But is that sort of passive-aggressive, like cleaning up my side and not his side, does it actually help in relationships? What works for you? Well, listen, passive-aggressive is if you don't want me to do something, be passive-aggressive with me. Like I, It's my number one pet peeve besides hearing somebody eat and I can hear them or drink. I, I just think it's cowardly and I'm not a mind reader however I understand that people can sometimes be passive aggressive if they feel like it's going to heighten uh conflict as opposed to finding resolution but Lisa and I we've been together for seven years now and almost and we've really had to come to the agreement that like no passive aggressiveness if she cleans the house and feel like I didn't 
help her. She just says in a really cool way, like, hey, babe, I feel like I cleaned the house and I could have like really used your help, but I'm sure you were busy. But like for, for next time. And then I get to be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Totally. Yes. Because I feel like passive aggressive is the sure way to divorce end of a friendship, a end of a relationship. Yeah. You're the type of person that if you say like Michaela is the type of person I always say, like people who don't know Michaela might think that she has like a huge ego. Because she was, like, famous at age 16. Like, she's fierce, and she looks, like, flawless on all of her social media posts. I get her so cute. But real, actual Michaela, if you need something or need help with something or ask for her to adjust something as a coworker or whatever, she does it. All you have to do is ask. You're the type of person where you just have to. Be, it has to be brought to your attention. Yeah. Because a lot of times people just don't know. So this passive aggressive thing doesn't work for somebody like you. It doesn't. I don't think it actually works for most people. I don't think it does. And I think that growing up, my mom was really passive aggressive with me and used that as a way to punish me when I genuinely didn't know. Yeah. And I think that for most people that are not psychopaths, if you're like, hey, that. It really bothered me, and if you could just do A, B, and C, it would really help me. Most people want to be like, oh, if it helps you and makes you feel better, definitely. But it's all in the communication and the approach. And and there are some partners, to be fair, who are just trash, who are just lazy. Yeah, Especially, totally. Especially, oftentimes, it's men. But not really, though, because I lived with a lot of women over the years. I lived with my sister. I had female roommates, and they're just as messy. You, and I think in partnerships, historically, we think, oh, men are messy and women are tidy. That's just kind of what we think. I don't think that's always true. I will say this, though, and, and, the, I, and this this woman did, she made her half of the bed and let, left his half messy. That would drive me crazy well, because, because then I don't get the visual enjoyment of seeing a, a nicely made bed. But she goes on to say, um, food bought by Kelsey, no touchy, only shopping for me and the kids now, hope you're not hungry. Another one, only washing my clothes then. LOL, not yours. This is something you do in college or in your 20s when you have roommates. Yeah, first of all, that would make me feel completely rejected and ousted as a husband in my own home or as a wife, and it would actually make me want to retaliate. But secondly, I think that we've glorified being petty, being shady, as like so funny and really it is just a sense of passive aggressiveness that's real it's not fun to be mean to people no it's not and really it does make you look weaker than it does empower you because it just looks like you're immature you don't really know how to deal with standing up for yourself or any kind of conflict and now you're making somebody feel uh like you're bullying i'm also curious to know who's making the money in the relationship because that can also dictate it too because i in my relationship with my partner it ebbs and flows who's making the most money that year. There have been a couple of years where I had rough years and he really supported me. So I did the cooking and the cleaning. I just did more of it because he had more financial security than I did. So in those situations, I stepped up. You know, sometimes he's got a couple of months where he's not working as much and I'll notice he steps up and does more work. We're still paying our own bills for the most part, but all those extra things, the extra dinner or the picking up, you know, picking up toilet paper that's $15 or $20 for a pack or those little things, the person who's making the more money tends to pick those things up. It's why our relationship works. I think this is a recipe for disaster. I do too. And I think honestly, in all friendships, relationships, workplace, partners, just ask for what you want and communicate it in a kind, respectful way. Most people want to be kind and if they're not then they're not for you but Mm. being passive aggressive is just mean no way all right coming up one housewife from the infamous franchise could be headed to prison for at least a decade do you think she's guilty we'll talk about it and what's popping good morning beat channel q 
if you're not watching the real housewives of salt lake city you're missing prime peak performance high level crazy it's one of the best reality shows on tv right now uh and one of their stars are in the news once again michaela what's popping all right well jen shaw stunned andy cohen at the real housewives of salt lake city reunion by admitting she does not know the length of the prison sentence she faces if 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 she's found guilty in her upcoming trial Andy said, you're being charged with fraud and money laundering. There's one charge that's 30 years. There's one charge that's 20 years. Is that right? She said, I don't know. He goes on to say, you don't know what the charge is. And she said, I'm innocent until proven guilty. Now, if you guys are not aware, Jen Shaw got in trouble for a telemarketing scam where she attacked hundreds of people, primarily elderly people. The two, uh, her and her assistant, were both charged with conspiracy to commit wire fraud and conspiracy to commit money laundering. They both did initially plead not guilty, but Smith, her assistant, changed his plea to guilty in November. And I mean, look, we've seen people admit to being guilty just to shorten their sentences. It seems like the best thing to do. But I'll tell you what. She goes on to say to her husband, do you know how effing scared I am? While she has tears in her eyes. And I think that this is always what's so crazy. Like, this isn't a normal crime. And if you did this, sis, you should be scared. You scammed hundreds of elderly people. And if you are innocent, I would know a lot more about my charges than just not knowing. 30 years, 20 years, she could go to prison for 50 years. That's insane. Some people try to make the argument that because you're innocent, you're not even paying attention to that negative outcome. Like, you're like, that can't happen. I'm innocent. I just have to prove my innocence. That's it. Well, Stuart, her assistant already switched his plea from not guilty to guilty back in November. So he's saying, I'm guilty. I did this. So you are you mean to tell me that he did it all, but you didn't? Well, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Sometimes you just plead guilty to make the, the sentencing shorter. But I, I... Listen, I have a hard time. I understand that sometimes people can be manipulated into pleading guilty in, in certain situations. He's got power and money. He comes, or at least proximity to it. And if he pled guilty... I could never say I'm guilty. And I'm like, I guess I'll go to prison just for 10 years instead of 50 if I didn't do it. Look, it's true. And honestly, uh, at first I thought she just wore a lot of fake designer things because her husband is not making that kind of he's money. A, he's a college football mm-hmm. assistant coach. Yeah, I mean, the what is it called? The Shaw... Uh, Shaw Chalet? The Shaw Chalet. Well, she's moved into two of them in two different seasons. Yeah. That they rent. Yeah. See, she the, rents a multi-million dollar house. Not adding up. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. Uh, but Angie Cohen was shocked, and you can uh, you can watch the trailer to see. But it, I don't. That's pretty. Yeah, her scary. lifestyle tells you that she gets waves of cash flow that are coming through probably illegal. But ways. that also designer is more important to her than anything else. And even if she's wearing fake, it's more important to appear that she has money than actually having money. But I think as far as we can tell, nobody's really clocked her for wearing fake stuff yet. I think she's really wearing designer clothing, which then. Her husband's not paying for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a mess all over. Yeah. All right, well, coming up in our next hour, your favorite dog breed could be going extinct. Find out why that's the best case scenario. We're joined with Doc Halligan coming up in the next hour. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat coming up this hour in about eh, 13 minutes. We're joined by Doc Halligan uh, because there's a breed of dog that could become extinct 
based on new rules, uh, is it time to stop breeding certain breeds? Uh, could this affect you and your pets? This is a very, very, very popular dog. Uh, my, my sister has one. My manager has one. Uh, you might have one too. So stick around for Doc Halligan, our celebrity veterinarian here on The Morning Beat, coming up in 13 minutes. Good tease, honey. Was it? Yeah, it was. I kind of mixed about it. Because I know the story, and I was like, what kind of dog is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, good. It's great. You should stick around if you're a pet lover like we are. Right now, though, it's time for News on the Beat. What do you have for us? All right, big news for ladies in soccer. U.S. soccer and the United States women's national team have reached an agreement to end a dispute over equal pay, according to a joint statement released today. The dispute dates back to March 2019, when the U.S. women's team filed a gender discrimination lawsuit against U.S. soccer. The agreement will see the women's and men's national teams receive an equal rate of pay in all friendlies and tournaments, including the World Cup. The joint statement said, we are pleased to announce that contingent on the negotiation of a new collective bargaining agreement, we will have resolved our longstanding dispute over equal pay and proudly stand together in a shared commitment to advancing equality in soccer. As part of the agreement, U.S. soccer will pay $22 million to the players in the case, as well as an additional $2 million into an account to benefit the U.S. women's soccer team players in their post-career goals and charitable efforts related to women's and girls' soccer. Uh, the settlement is contingent on the ratification of a new collective bargaining agreement. I think this is amazing. We've talked about this for so long. Lisa went to um, Santa Barbara for college on a soccer scholarship. I played soccer my whole life. Uh, one of Lisa's best presents was we saw the women's soccer team like two years ago play. And <clears throat> they're... What do they play? <clears throat> I don't know, something with the ball. Soccer? Uh, Yeah, soccer. Got it, got it. But there were women uh, that were playing at six months pregnant and mm. went back into the game four months after having a baby, like, on their menstrual cycles. I mean, we talk about it all the time, but yeah. they literally are playing so hard. And making a fraction of what the men make, and our men's team is trash. Yeah. Women win, like, the World Cup and the Olympics all the time, and the men don't do any. They don't even qualify for the World Cup half the time but yet they make more money than the women. Listen. And also, who do we need to thank for this? A lot of queer women, too. Megan, Megan Rapinoe. Rapinoe and Abby Wambach and some of these others who, who have you know, led the led the charge. Once again, queer people, we know how to step up and get things done. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it's so exciting for women all around. It's so important. All right, another news. A new amendment to Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill would require schools to inform parents of their children's sexual orientation within six weeks of learning the student isn't straight. Parents would not be able, I'm sorry, would be able to take legal action against school districts they believe have violated the measure. The original version of the legislation required schools to inform families of their child's LGBTQ plus status, but gave an option for exemption for the outing in cases where educators feared it could lead to abuse, neglect, or abandonment. The amendment offers no such exception. It instructs school leaders to develop a plan using all available governmental resources to inform parents about their children's sexual orientation through an open dialogue in a safe, supportive, and judgment-free environment that respects the parent-child relationship and protects the mental, emotional, and physical well-being of the student. The full bill, which has the support of Governor Ron DeSantis, is set to face a vote in the Florida House this week. This is just awful. I, I, I feel like what we have to be most afraid of is that this type of legislation could even be passed and what that means for other states in the U.S. And really, is that a step forward to more abusive uh, bills being passed? I mm. mean, it's just awful. It, I mean, it's a slippery slope. 
Yeah, it is. It could really open us up to a lot of these sorts of uh, bills across the country and other conservative states. Totally. All right, let's get into weather. It's going to be a high of 66 in La Quinta, 54 in Sacramento, 66 in Palm Springs, a high of 79 in Houston, 59 in Vegas, and 57 in L.A. Now give us a vibe of the day, please. Happiness is found in doing, not merely possessing. Oh, love that. Let it go. Don't possess. All right, coming up, your favorite dog breed could be going extinct. Find out why that's best case scenario coming up in seven minutes. The Morning Beat, Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Now, if you're a pet lover like Michaela and I, this segment means a lot to you uh, because it poses the question, could some of our favorite breeds of dog become uh, illegal in the near future here in the United States. Uh, Michaela rescued uh, dogs. She's got rescue pets. We tried to and then found out our allergies were too much, so we actually went to a breeder. I know that's drawn some mixed reactions from people. Uh, but this story coming out of Norway is actually really fan- like fascinating to me. The Norwegian Animal Welfare Act uh, is now making it illegal to breed certain types of dogs Uh the Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, Bulldogs, they have a lot of health issues. But two of them that really stand out to me are Golden Retrievers ah. and German Shepherds. So we've got ah. our celebrity veterinarian, Doc Halligan, on the line. Doc, thanks for being here. Um, Hi, good morning. Hi, Doc Halligan. It's an interesting conversation. Now, this is happening in Norway, but here in the United States, Golden mm-hmm. Retrievers and German Shepherds are two of the most popular breeds out there. Why are they making it illegal to breed dogs there, and should we or could we be considering something similar here in the United States at any point? Well, I don't believe in breed banning. Um, I think the issue is the uh, backyard breeders, if you will, so you have people that are breeding lines that are too close. Because do you think um, the the brother would have sex with the sister dog? Nope. Yeah, I would think they do. No, absolutely. Yeah, they're dogs, babe. It's not like they've got like some moral. I've never thought about that. That's so funny you said that because see, that's the thing people don't realize that Um, they'll have sex with the mother, the father, the brother, the sister. Wait, wait, wait! This show's taking a turn. The mom and the dad. This show's taking a turn immediately. It is literally only eight o'clock in the morning, and I have no idea what to do with myself. Are we allowed to talk about that? Yes, we are. It's the truth. I'm just saying that you're an icon. This is what's going on is that people don't realize a dog, female dog, goes into heat. And it doesn't matter how closely related a male dog that is there. They're going to have sex and they're going to procreate because they're dogs, okay? They don't go, oh, oh no, that's my sister. Oh, that's my mom. No, it happens all the time. So then what kind of genes do you think those puppies have? That's so crazy and also something that I've never thought about, but 100% mm-hmm. makes sense. I remember yes. one of the dogs on this list is a golden retriever. and mm-hmm. I had a golden I, retriever growing up. They're perfect. Yeah, I think the golden retrievers mm-hmm. are sort of like the all-American dog. And I remember um, very early on, my golden retriever was having different issues. Um, he had like had some hip issues. He had some mm-hmm. lymphoma issues. Mm-hmm. Um, now, he didn't sleep with his brother or his sister or his mother okay, or his good. father. Okay. That you know if of. he did, <laughs> I, that I know of. But what does it do when dogs are sort of being like incestual and mm-hmm. also already mm-hmm. very much on their own are prone to 
cancer to being deaf like Dalmatians very early on to hip dysplasia? Right. So what happens is a lot of those characteristics come from a recessive gene, which means you have to have two recessives to create the problem. So when you're inbreeding, which is what that's called, that leads to dogs that are having multiple health problems. So it's, it's, the, prob- it's the people that are breeding the dogs that are ruining the gene pool. I mean, I used to work at the San Diego Zoo, and we used to take sperm from, um, you know, animals at the Bronx Zoo, right, and then in, inseminate the dogs at the San Diego Zoo because you want a larger gene pool. The golden retriever didn't start out with all those health problems, but because of backyard breeders, because they can get $2,000 for a puppy, and sometimes they have 10 to 15 pups, so that's a lot of money, and we're seeing a lot of that trend right now where puppies are kind of a shortage, so people are, are breeding on their own. So basically, it's not you don't want to ban these breeds of dogs. You have to crack down on the ir- irresponsible breeding where they're not disclosing I had, I was, when I was doing Lucy Pitt, we had a low-cost clinic. This woman came in with two beautiful Dobermans. One of them had had, she'd had like 15 pups, right? She was selling them. Turned out the mother and and dad were brother, sister, and she was not disclosing it. Mm. One of the puppies I took from her, it ended up dying before it was one year of age. And so as an owner, you don't, you don't know those puppies uh, parents were brother and sister. You don't know that they're not disclosing it. So they need to get, they need to pass laws that make them disclose that and be more responsible with breeding because banning specific breeds is not the answer. Listen, I'll tell you this. I know that Kingston's parents, Lucy and Mopar, they were different. Yes. They were not. Good. I saw pictures they of them. Not. We have the certification. Good. We have the paperwork. Yeah. They better not be related in any way, shape, or form. That would yeah. break my heart. Do, in your opinion, though, because I know, like, for instance, my manager has a French bulldog, and my, my sister has a bulldog bulldog, and I know I've had right. friends who've had pugs. They have a lot of breathing issues. Uh, right. Are there certain breeds that you think should be banned? No, I think that what you have to recognize is if you get a specific breed of dog, they have a, some of them have shortened lifespans, some of them have more health problems, but a lot of the things you can do to prevent that, also to get pet insurance early on before anything's disclosed, okay? And then work with the vet so the pets don't get fat. Get them spayed or neutered early on. There's a lot of things the pet owners can do that they're not doing to prevent some of these problems that that might come out. Because, yeah, I just know. I think, and guess what? I don't look at you, AJ, that it's bad that you got you didn't rescue. You know what? It's okay to say this is the kind of dog I want. You were very responsible. You researched it. You have allergies. So there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, I think it just goes into uh, responsible breeding and education and knowing what you're getting yourself into. Because I can tell you these days, financial euthanasia is happening at the emergency hospitals where people can't afford big bills. But a lot of times it's preventable things. Mm. Well, Doc Halligan, we appreciate you so much for joining us, having these conversations with us. And uh, we we'll mm-hmm. look forward to talking with you. For more information, you can always go to DocHalligan.com or download her podcast, Unleashed, where you download your podcasts. Thanks, Doc. 
Thank you. Thanks, Doc. All right, coming up, what is a ridiculous splurge that you do? Find out what this guy spends $2,000 a month on coming up next. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. All right, so we're talking about the most ridiculous splurges that you spend money on in your life. This Canadian TikToker uh, by the name of Ryan Dubs. He lives in Toronto, and his splurge is water. Take a listen. I spend over $2,000 a month on high-end water bottles delivered directly to my house, and as a water snob, it is such a luxury. I know what you're thinking, where do I keep it all, but I have four fridges, so I've got that part covered. Today was delivery day, so I'm about to load up my fridge, which is literally so satisfying. These boxes are so heavy because the bottles are glass, but it's worth it. I love Boss. It's one of my favorite water bottle brands. I've always been a water snob, and I know that for a lot of people, you're probably like, what the hell, why do you care? It's just water, but I hate the taste of tap water i cannot drink it i can only drink bottled water it's the only way i'll get it in me for okay get so- it in me. <laughs> yes four refrigerators full of voss water so he says voss water is carbon neutral which is one of the things he likes about it uh and meaning it's better for the environment you're not using plastic he's not having to worry about that and the glass can be recycled and reused again it's actually not carbon neutral because they're shipping it halfway around the world for this guy because it comes from norway so he missed that part of it yeah. unless the plane is also carbon neutral uh which it is absolutely not um but it's interesting he also shared that his Amex is American Express bill per year. He spends $950,000. So this guy's got some money. He lives in a multi-million dollar home. He's doing all right. Yeah. He signed a $15 million deal for a skincare company. So I guess for him, spending $2,000 a month on water that comes out of your faucet for free, okay, sure. Not everybody has the greatest water. You look at what happened in Flint. Oh my that God, is hello. Not as, not as uncommon as you actually think it is. So if you think that you know this makes you live a better life and you're more healthy, great, whatever. I think it's kind of insane. In my house, we drink Essentia. My partner has a partnership with Essentia, and we have cases of it shipped to us every single month for free. Um, Then we recycle it, right? Still not perfect. A little bit problematic. But I want to know, what is the thing that you splurge on, Michaela, that you think other people might think is ridiculous? Well, listen, I just want to say very quickly in regards to Ryan and him spending $2,000 a month on water... A lot of commenters said, uh, that's ridiculous. People don't even have water and you're shipping yours in. Why don't you just get a regular water filter? But look, the truth is, if he has that money and he wants to have super clean water to what he thinks is super clean water, I think it's one of those situations where... You can walk and chew gum at the same time. Yeah, there are a lot of people that don't have clean water. And I also don't think he's the one that has to be responsible for that. Because I think that it's H2O. Like, it is water. And I will say, when I fill my coffee coffee, uh, filler up, and I use the water, sometimes it's cloudy. Yeah. Sometimes it looks we not delicious. We only use bottled water. We use bottled water to make our oatmeal. And I mean, look, is that a privileged place machine? to come from? Yes, sure. but it's where we're coming from. Yep. Uh, for me. to be fair, a bottle of Voss water has uh, 50% of the vitamin D that you need in the day. So there are some good things to it. It's artesian. It's a whole thing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, if, if we're something else, maybe, but I mean, it is water. But what do you spend on? I, I mean, probably my ridiculous splurge is my hair. I had a really horrible incident happen in 2020 where all my hair got burnt off. We barely made it through that. I remember it was rough. Listen, my grandma died. My hair was ugly. I was going through it. Mm. Uh, But now when I add weave, it's actually really expensive. It's unbelievable. It's a Mm. splurge that I (laughs) love and I think is important. I also do. What's the most amount of money you spent on your hair before? uh, $2,500. 
Wait, what? Yeah. For Listen, what? Wait, I'm so, uh, I'm, You wow. have to buy the hair. It depends on the length of the hair. If you have to color the hair. $2,500? If you have to color your natural Ooh. hair to get a trim for your natural hair to then set the hair up to put it in your head. Honey, I'm yes. cheap. I'm cheap. Yeah, but you spend money on things I'd never spend money on. Wait, what What do you think my splurge is? What do you think I spend money on? Because I'm, I'm fascinated by this because I don't know that I spend a lot of money on anything. I think that you spend money on, uh, you guys enjoy fine dining. Oh, yeah, that's real. And you yeah. guys are both 6'5". Yeah. Also, this is no Chino shade. Yeah. I'm saying, like, I feel like everybody okay, splurges yeah. on something that's where people fair. would be like. I think my splurges are, it... are, are probably tennis shoes. I probably have 20 pair of Nikes in my closet that I can rotate just so I can go to the gym and make sure I have a new pair of Nikes every time. I love tennis shoes. Uh, I love shoes in general. I, I literally probably have 50 or 60 pair in my closet. Yeah. So that's, and I'm, I wear size 12, so they take up a lot of space. Yeah, for Lisa, she splurges on electronics. It's a big deal for her. Uh, She's also a DJ, but like yeah. she she does, but nothing yeah. else. Not my clothes. partner's like that. He loves electronics. Yeah. That's his thing, too. I think I also, uh, I definitely think fine dining is a thing that I, I love spending money on food. I don't mind spending real money on food. My other splurge, and this, I don't, I don't see it as a splurge. But if you looked at my my bank account, you would see that I, I love to spend money on travel, on airline tickets yeah. to go to places. And I still like to get a good deal, but I've also, during this pandemic, realized that I don't want to fly coach anymore. So I fly first class, Yeah, lie but down to bed. be fair, <laughs> to Vanessa me, and I, if we fly coach, we're cozy as can be. Yeah, You're 6'5". Six five. Five. It's make awful. Sense. I need a bed. And we're not getting any younger, honey. Okay, yeah. I took a spin, a spin class yesterday. My hips... My vis, everything hurts. They it don't lie. Right into me. Hips don't lie. No, they don't. I got to do a stretch after this, okay? We're not getting any younger. It's not a splurge. All right, Shake first class. And to this guy, I'm not going to drag him for water. I mean, listen, if he's got the money, he's got vitamin D. But if he's doing carbon neutral and he's got four four refrigerators running at the same time, he's missing the point. Well, honey, nobody said he was smart. I just said he's not wrong. <laughs> Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. This one hits close to home, but I can't say I didn't see it coming. Michaela, what's popping? Oh, honey, well, it's close to home because we love watching you on the Wendy Williams show. However, the Wendy Williams show is no more, and it will officially become Sherry. Now, Wendy has been dealing with serious health issues for months now. TMZ broke the story that the TV honchos that carry the show said Sherry Shepard became the permanent guest host, and they were monitoring Wendy's health and if it did not get better, would change uh, to becoming permanent host. Uh, now the show's producer said just this morning, this is also a very bittersweet moment for us and our partners at Fox. We all have great love and affinity for Wendy, who grew into a true icon during her 12 incredible seasons as the solo host of a live daily talk show, dishing on hot topics and interviewing celebrities. Now, as for Sherry, they caught her out last night, and she's still noncommittal, saying that she's still a temp. Uh, and that she's really not admitting to anything. Sorry, I have my computer going off an article. Well, that's because waiting. producers like actually addressed it today. So as of yesterday, I think the, the, she was probably told, hey, to stay quiet. If yeah. anybody catches you out and asks you, um, this is not surprising at all. What's interesting, though, is just over the weekend, Wendy Williams put out a video on Instagram, a long video for the first time in a long time that her son, Kevin Jr., took of her walking on the beach in Florida and sort of addressing her health and where she is. And she said she'd be back in her chair, that she's coming back to the show, and that she's doing better. And it felt, some people are saying this was recorded a long time ago. Other people are saying, why is she walking on a beach in Florida? She should be getting paid millions of dollars to host the show. Why is she not there? She hasn't been in the studio the entire season. And, um... 
I don't think that's anybody's business. Yeah. I think that if her mental health is able to let her walk on the beach in Florida, she doesn't need to explain why she's not I, in the studio. I think that, and I also think that it's absolutely their, their right to, after a whole year, to say, okay, well, we have to move on. Definitely. Because I, she's just not there. She's not there. And I think she was trying to, like, strong arm him a little bit by posting this video, thinking if I post something, they'll back down. I mean, listen, I have my own issues with Wendy. She was not good to me during my season of American Idol. Um, and I was really young during my season, as we all remember. So I have and always have had just like a slight issue with Wendy. I will say, though, that she literally was the first woman to go from radio to television very successfully. Mm-hmm. She's had an incredible 12 seasons. And, you know, sometimes that's enough. She had what would have taken many women out with the divorce of her husband, him impregnating another woman, mm-hmm. uh, losing him altogether. Well, she became the tabloid. And usually she's, she became the gossip. And that's hard when you're gossiping about everybody else. It's kind of what happened to Perez Hilton. The, the, yes. the culture evolved. And the show did not. And I think she's great, and I love the entire team there. I wish Sherry nothing but the best. I hope I get to work with her at some point. But I, you know, I got to go in and fill in as a guest co-host a couple months back. And it was obviously now looking back, it's my last time with the Wendy Williams show. Um, but I got everything I needed to get out of that show. I was on there for years, and there was no more growing for me. You know, it's interesting that you bring up Perez Hilton because I'm going to go back to oddly enough. Todrick Hall. I think that mm. there was a type of yep. way that social media people used to act. Perez Hilton, uh, Wendy uh. Williams, Todrick Hall. It was the kiki, the gag, making yep. fun. And if you do not stop now, yeah. your career will be over. People can't handle it and they mm-hmm. don't want it anymore. Todrick's about to be dragged too because he's been on Celebrity Big Brother all season long and thinking he's killing it and being like funny kiki, but what he doesn't realize is that's a CBS audience. That is not, you know, that's not a, drag a, a drag show or not drag race. It's not the Sunday at the Abbey. And people are really coming for him. And he has no idea because he's been locked in that house for the last month. He's been mean. Yeah, he it's doesn't re- work anymore. Look, people don't want it anymore. Yeah. It's too much. All right, coming up in our final hour, the date today is 2-22-22 on a Tuesday. Hmm. We have a professor joining us to talk about whether it's angel numbers and what's the special meaning behind it. Coming up in the next hour. Morning Beat Channel Q. Coming up this hour here on the Morning Beat. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. We're finally acknowledging the fact that this is, in fact, Palindrome Week. Not just on the Morning Beat, but across the country, around the the globe. Today's date, 2-22-22 on a Tuesday. Tuesday. It's just the the two two of us. us. It's, I mean, kind of iconic. Wonderful! What does it mean? We've got a professor, actually, uh, an electrical engineer from the University of Port- Portland, joining us to talk about palindrome dates, why they're important, or are they important at all? Who knows? I know that's um, right. But it's a fun little... I remember the first time I ever learned about palindromes when I was a kid. We had to go at home. It was, a, it was a school assignment, and we had to come up with a palindrome and bring it back to school. And my grandma, Corky, she's an icon, <laughs> she helped me come up with a little sentence that says, Madam, I'm Adam. And that was my palindrome. Oh, my God. That's so cute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But then we had I, to come up with sentences. To this day, I felt like a fraud, though, because I was a student in, in elementary school at the time, and Immaculate Conception, to be exact. And the apostrophe doesn't actually work in both directions. The apostrophe and I'm, Madam, I'm Adam. Uh-huh. If you say it backwards, the apostrophe is not in the right place. So I've always... 
She went to the grave and I never brought it up. It doesn't matter. She doesn't know now. I feel, I feel like a fraud. You're not a fraud. Nobody knows. Imposter syndrome? Who's she? Her name's AJ. It's okay. She doesn't belong here. Okay. Well, there you have it. Thanks. The apostrophe works my life. Got that off my chest. (laughs) 36 years later. (laughs) Right now, it's time for news on the beat. What do you have for us? Okay, babe. Well, health officials are keeping a sharp eye on the COVID-19 Omicron subvariant BA2, which appears to be more contagious than the current BA1 strain. Another subvariant? I'm not talking about it. But I also am. But its health impacts are still unclear. A new World Health Organization study reported that even as COVID-19 cases are falling, BA2 accounted for 21.5% of all new Omicron cases analyzed worldwide in the first week of February. Omicron cases accounted for more than 98% of sequenced samples around the globe the previous 30 days. Now, BA2 accounted for the majority of cases a week ago in 10 countries, including Denmark, India, China, Guam, and the Philippines. But the subvariant's health impacts are still unknown. In some countries where BA2 is spreading, hospitalizations are still decreasing. Now, another news, ACLU of Missouri filed a lawsuit on Tuesday for parents of two Wentzville School District students to prevent the removal of books about LGBTQ people, people of color, and other marginalized groups. It comes after the school district removed eight books from the students' school library. The group says in the lawsuit that the First Amendment rights of the students were violated by suppressing the ideas and viewpoints expressed in the books. In November, St. Louis Public Radio found that two-thirds of attempts to remove books had been found from authors of color or authors who are LGBTQ+. School boards cannot ban books because the books and their characters illustrate viewpoints different of those of school board, especially when they target books presenting the viewpoints of racial and sexual minorities, as they have done in Wentzville. Anthony Rother, director of Integrated Advocacy of ACLU of Missouri, said in a news release, the school district told St. Louis Public Radio that it knew of the lawsuit but would not comment on it. Lord of mercy. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be cold this week with a lot of rain. Uh, 59 in Los Angeles today, 57 in Vegas. A cool 64 in Palm Springs today. A nice 66 in Cathedral City. And 66 in La Quinta. Now listen, I know that's not cold to a lot of people. I know that's actually probably perfect weather. Are they going to survive this? I don't know if I will. 66. Burr, baby. In La Quinta? Don't dig it. I thought it was 80 year round there. I thought it was too. Listen, you're in our thoughts and prayers. We're thinking of Coachella you. Valley. Sending lots of love and yeah. warmth. Bundle up. <laughs> Here's your vibe of the day. Happiness is found in doing, not merely possessing. Love I have that. a hard time finding happiness in the Coachella Valley with weather like that. I know that's right. You guys just steer clear. Try to drive slow, steady, mm. safe. Drink a, drink a hot coffee, perhaps, or some mm. hot cocoa. Yeah, don't forget to get your blankets and jackets. Yeah, Umbrellas. Yeah. Layer up. What do you do in the snow? Do they have to shovel? I don't I don't think it snows until like 64. Okay. Pretty sure uh, my math could be off. Yeah. <laughs> the Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. All right, so the two of us have been looking forward to this segment all morning long because today is 2-22-22, and it is also a Tuesday. 
Uh, what does it mean, if anything? Apparently, this has not happened in a really, really long time. And somebody who is very fascinated by numbers and palindromes, uh, because we are, in fact, in the middle of palindrome week, is a uh, Professor Aziz Inan, Electrical Engineering Department at University of Portland. Uh, Professor Aziz, thank you so much for being here. Um, what What is significant about this week and this date, if anything? And when is the last time this happened? Uh, thank you for having me on your show. Uh, today's date, as you said, is a palindrome. But I also call it ubiquitous palindrome day, meaning no matter where you are on the globe, whether you are in Europe, Asia, U.S., uh, South America, you know, today is a palindrome date. The date number is in terms of five twos. It's, uh, the slashes uh, change position, but other than that, that's that's five twos. And it is a rare date. Uh, this is a date that occurs every 100 years. So you have to wait another 100 years to experience this date. Uh, this month, as you said, has 10 palindrome dates. In fact, we are in the middle of a palindrome day week, I mean palindrome dates week, uh, interestingly enough, at the beginning of the month, February 2nd was another ubiquitous palindrome date. It didn't involve five twos, but it involved four twos. Interestingly enough, so this wait, month has... Wait, wasn't that Groundhog's Day? I just realized this. Wasn't that Groundhog's yeah. Day? I, I'm sorry, what, what is it again? I think I think that actual date, 2 2 22, was, was Groundhog's, Groundhog's Day. Day this year. Yes, it yeah. was. In fact, yes, you are absolutely correct. It was Groundhog's Day, and and two years ago, uh, February 2nd was, in fact, one of a kind because it was a full ubiquitous palindrome date. Because if you write it as a full date as 02022020, uh, that was a full date ubiquitous palindrome date. Now, when I say full date, full dates do not repeat. Like, uh, 02022020 won't happen again because we are never going to have a year number 2020. But the one we have today, if we write it with only the rightmost two digits of the year number, is going to happen every 100 years. So 22222, we, we will have to wait 100 years to experience that again. Listen, I'm trying to figure out. We're like so fascinated by this. This is so fun to me. First of all, Aziz, you sound like the most iconic we love person you. that's ever called in. Oh. You're passionate well, about this. Well, we're trying to figure out like, what can we get out of this. Like, is there yeah, something? Is the angel number? Should we, we manifest, manifest something today? Like, what's going on? You know, this is. I see this as an a date number that will energize people. You know, if you share this with anybody around you. 95, 99% of the time, it will get their attention. And if they didn't pay attention to it, they will say, wow, I would have never thought about it. When will this happen again? Or, or I better do something today, uh, you know, in a positive way, you know, to, to enjoy this, this uniqueness uh, of this date, you know. So it emits positive energy. It energizes people, and whatever age somebody is, elementary school, you know, college student, uh, you know, somebody in 70s, 80 years old, you know, they, it will get their attention. And that's what I experienced, for example, with people I share these dates with, you know, whether it's my students or my colleagues, other people, you know, whatever age, 
most of the time it gets their attention and then it makes them think, okay, is my birthday going to be such date? Uh, you know, a pandemic date? Is, you know, how often does this happen? So, so it is intellectual, it is recreational fun, and it also fosters social interaction because when people find out their birthday is a pandemic day or today's date is so special, having five twos, they share it with other people. You know, their family members, their friends, and, and it all spreads out. Just like dropping a ball in water in a lake. There's and a ripple. There's a ripple effect. Yes. yes. Well, it's yeah, you. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, I love it. I, Today I, is my I, friend's birthday, actually, for yeah. real. And she's turning 39. And it's super exciting because uh, you, uh, like, imagine having your birthday on 2 22, 22 on a Tuesday. Like, it feels like you have to be magical. Uh, oh. Is there any advice? No, no, yeah, go ahead. Is there anything you, know, you would suggest besides celebrating with our friends and sharing this good, solid energy? Uh, is it a good day just in the world to sort of ask for what we want when it comes to the universe? Is it like angel numbers, which are often found in 333-444-555? Yes, absolutely. I have a, a funny advice for your friend. Uh, was it she or he? Uh, she. She. Okay, now, what she should do is... Try her best to wait for another, to, to, to stay alive for another 200 years. The reason I say that, wait, it's wait. funny. Yes, go, go. I, yeah, the reason I say that, because 200 years later, the year number is going to be 2222. Two, two, two. So her birthday Ooh. is going to have seven twos in it. She's going to be 200 years old. She'll be, two, well, two, two, she'll, be, she'll be 239. Okay, this is iconic. I got to say, 908 years ago, it was 11, 11, 11, 11, which is kind of yeah, iconic. I was so, there. So, do you remember it? That, yeah, like it was yesterday. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Nine, yeah, yeah. Professor, 11, 11. Listen, Professor Aziz, you are you are an icon. We love you so much. At 2.22 p.m. today, oh. I'm going to manifest all the best things in the world. I'm going to thank you for all the good stuff that comes my way. Thank you for having me on your show again. Thank you for all the excitement. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoy the rest of Tuesday and and get lots of positive energy out of Oh, thanks. Same to you. Aziz, you're an angel. Thank you so much. Bye-bye Thank now. you so much. Tell me something good. The Olympics may be over, and that might make me sad. Uh, I know a lot of people didn't watch. NBC's ratings were abysmal. But uh, for the Olympics to take place during Black History Month and the amount of black representation we saw at this Olympics, uh, the demographic of what an American Olympian in the Winter Olympics especially has changed dramatically. Some of our biggest stars, Chloe Kim, Nathan Chen, uh, both Asian Americans, Aaron Jackson winning the 500 meter sprint in the speed skating, a, a strong black woman. It's not what it was not that long ago. And Ilana Myers Taylor made history as the most decorated black American winter Olympian of all time. And she's 37 years old. Lord. She won bronze in the two woman bobsled this past Saturday making her the most decorated black winter Olympian with a total of five medals. Five medals. Incredible. In a lifetime. What a career. Uh, just another example of an extraordinary black American doing really cool things on an international stage as we wrap up Black History Month this week. Uh, but thought we'd highlight her. Watching her compete, though, was just something else. She's so fierce. Yes, I love that. <clears throat> okay, this story is amazing. I actually saw it this weekend, and more people need to be like this. A Starbucks barista in Texas feared a teenager might have been in oh, danger. Oh, I love this story. I know I what you're know. talking about. And came to her rescue by writing a message on the cup. 
So Brandy Selim Robertson praised the employee for stepping in when her 18-year-old daughter was approached by a man she did not know while studying by herself. The man was very loud and animated. And so the female barista came over, handed the high school senior a paper coffee cup, telling her it was extra hot chocolate someone forgot to pick up. But in fact, it had a message that said, are you okay? Do you want us to intervene? If you do, take the lid off the cup. The teenager ended up acknowledging that she was okay. She didn't feel any like fear. But the mom said, it just restored my faith in humanity. It's something that Starbucks didn't have to do. And taking those extra precautions, I am... I I kind of felt stupid like two weeks ago, but I was at this place. I went in and next to it is like this ballet class for these teeny tiny girls. And there was this guy standing out there. But you know when you just get a feeling like mm-hmm. you're like, and I'm not like that. Like, I don't care. But I was like, he was kind of behaving odd and he was looking in the window and he was behaving odd. And at first I was like, maybe he's the, the dad or the brother, but it, it was just felt weird. And the little girls were four and five. So I called the business and I was like, hey, like maybe the dad or the brother's out there trying to get in, but also just take a peek because I know the little girls are in there. And thankfully, like everything was okay. But I think we live in a society now where nobody wants to be a Karen, but you definitely want to take care of like young women, young men, making sure. And I just, I love that Starbucks did this. And although everything was okay and she felt safe, it was done low key and handled really nicely. I think it's really great, and I think it's. I think that's it's. A, it's a good. I remember going to a Korean spa years ago and being sort of unsure how I felt about it because at a Korean spa, the men and the women are separate, mm-hmm. and it's like full nudity. Like you don't walk around, and, and but there were also like young children there, and I was like, this in my culture is not a normal thing, right? And but in Korean culture, it's more acceptable, and so I wasn't sure how I felt. But then there were also men that were like white men. Who were there, and I just uh-huh. felt like a little bit unsure about it. And I said to my partner, "I'm like, okay, this was an experience. I did the spa day; it was fine. I don't think I want to go back there just because, like, I don't know how I feel about young boys with their fathers, but then other men there. It just felt odd. So I think it's real. I think it's okay that you call it. I think it's it's better to be safe than sorry. And and sometimes it's a cultural thing, but like a guy standing outside of a ballet class just watching randomly if it's not like a family member is a little bit odd yeah i mean i just the moral to the story is i think that we do what we can for humanity and uh and i love that starbucks did this and and for that young girl um so that's our tell me something good thank you to all of our guests that called in today we're so happy to be back after a long weekend and now uh please enjoy three hours of iconic music coming up next this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 